Well, welcome back to Birdies Not BS. Today, Cheyenne and I are going to talk about, you know what? I'll let her tell you what we're going to talk about today. How to find the right clubs for you, and especially for beginners, how do you create that perfect golf bag and find the perfect clubs for you? Golf is not that hard. Well, it doesn't have to be. That's why we cut through all the highbrow golf BS to give you what you really need to know to enjoy the golfing experience. I'm Doug Smith. And I'm Cheyenne Woods. And together we have over 50 years experience playing the game of golf at every level. Every week we'll break down a new topic in 10 minutes or less, answering some of the most popular questions in golf today. You're welcome. I know you and I have a a similar start to the game of golf. Let's talk about your first set. So I started playing golf when I was young. And of course, as a young kid, you don't want anything too expensive. I definitely had a set of those plastic little colored clubs. (laughs) And as a kid, it worked for me. And as I got older, you know, I started to put a bag together with real metal clubs. I never had the full 14 clubs set until I was probably in middle school, 13, 14 years old. But I think it's a good point for beginners that you don't necessarily have to have all 14 clubs. I think for a lot of times when I was growing up, I started out with five or six clubs and that's all I needed. Do you remember what your set makeup was? Yeah. So, you know, you got the putter, a wedge, I had a mid iron, and then I believe I had a three wood. I didn't even have a driver for the longest time. You know, when you're learning the game, you don't necessarily need four different wedges and a four iron and three hybrids. You just need the basics. Learn how to get the ball in the air, learn your distances, and have fun with the game. And so for me growing up, that's kind of what I did. You know, my first set, I'll never forget it. Uh, My dad worked at the post office there in Kentucky and he went out and sourced my first set of clubs from coworkers. So he asked that everybody that had any random clubs, just go ahead and just donate a club. So I had this person donate a pitching wedge, this person donate a five iron, everything was donated. All right. And God bless my dad. I love him. What he did was he then went and cut all of them to the same length to make them short. Okay. Bryson DeChambeau. (laughs) Right. So my first set of clubs were kind of one length, but nothing to that extreme for you out listening to this episode. What we do want you to pay attention to is assess your current talent level. If you've started the game of golf off and you're able to really make solid contact, then going to see a person or a company about being custom fit makes sense. If most of your shots are airborne at curve one way or the other way, then you're a candidate to go get fit. I'd say if you're a person that's starting golf, you've never played golf, you've never had a lesson, you've never touched a club or tried to swing, every club will perform pretty much the same when you're a beginner. I mean, wouldn't you say that, Cheyenne? A $1,000 driver and a $200 whole set of clubs pretty much going to perform the same for that person who's new to the game. 100%. There's no BS here. You don't need the $1,000 driver. It's not going to really help you save any shots. I think it's very overrated for people to have to have the newest of the new everything, especially when you're starting out. Just get the basics. Get something that is in your budget, something that feels good, that looks good, because looks are a huge part of it too. Honestly, whenever I get fit, you know, one of the questions is, how does it look? How does it look when you set the club down? So it's very important that you personally like what you're looking at. You like how it feels. Absolutely. And you got to remember, these clubs that are new every year, they're still governed by the USGA speed limit. Last year's driver, 
guess what? It's just as fast as this year's driver because the USGA did not lax their rules. So as you're looking to build your set as a beginner, as an intermediate player, even as a more advanced player, going for last year's or even the previous two-year model driver, even irons, using the internet and those places like eBay or a second swing golf, not plugging them, just letting them know that I appreciate what they do for the game of golf because you can go buy a great set of clubs from one of those third-party places that have been gently used and can fit your game. Definitely. I mean, the irons that I've been using, like you said, are from last year. The driver that I'm using, I'm using the G400 Ping. It's from last year. I tested the new irons. I tested the new driver and I didn't like it as good as the stuff I'm playing now. And you don't need to spend that extra money. I definitely agree with what you were saying. And hopefully some of the people here listening can take something out of it and uh, find some clubs that work for them. And as you get better and better and increase your talent level and increase your ability to make contact, swing, as you learn the game of golf, start there because there's always a place for you to go and get fit and spend thousands of dollars for a set of clubs. Oh my gosh, that sounds horrible though, doesn't it? (laughs) Like who wants to do that? (laughs) Me, me, if my hands is raised in this moment, I do enjoy Yeah, you definitely do want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, I enjoy the, the, the new and the rare. It's been a lifetime of work. And a bunch of favors that I haven't repaid just yet. But hey, I'm working (laughs) on it. It's coming. But Cheyenne, honestly, what's one of your favorite clubs when you think back of yesteryear? Uh, My favorite club I ever had was a putter. And it was a putter that I won at Junior. It was a Junior World Tournament. I won a putting contest. I got to pick any Odyssey putter I wanted. And, you know, as a kid, I just picked the one that looked cool. So I got this two ball blade that they don't even make anymore. And I putted with that thing since the time I was probably 11 years old all the way through college. I absolutely loved that putter. I wish they still made it. Yeah, maybe I should get them to make (laughs) me another one. (laughs) (laughs) because that thing worked really well. But I do remember even in college, I would look at the face and it had all these cuts and marks and dings. I was like, man, this thing is ugly, but it worked. And I just, I couldn't take it out of the bag. That's a great story. And that's one of those things. You you find that perfect club, you got to hang on to it. It's like, it's like the perfect relationships. You know, one of the things that you have to keep in mind when you're going out and you're shopping for clubs is these companies are trying to sell you something. So be as educated as a shopper as you can be. Know the differences uh, on your own between this club and that club. And, and don't trust anybody that's guaranteeing X, Y, and Z distance, height, performance, because those are kind of things that we're all going to hit bad shots. You know, we're all going to perform poorly. No matter your talent level, you're going to hit bad shots. But be leery of that individual because, A, they don't know the game. And two, they might not know the equipment as well as they think. There is no guarantee in the equipment working. And so you do have to be very well educated on what you're going in there for specifically and in knowing what you're hitting and the difference between brands and styles of clubs. And find someone that can speak the language that you need to hear. So Cheyenne, things other folks should look at when they're going to purchase new equipment is, can you take them on a test drive? I've seen a lot of marketing and and posts about companies that are out there that are allowing you to have 30 days, two rounds where you can play equipment and return it. 
kind of other advice would you offer as it relates to going through the shopping process? You see a lot of people testing out these clubs in the indoor facilities, which is great because it gives you a feel, it gives you immediate numbers. But I do think that it's very different when you're able to take that club outside on the golf course, put yourself in real situations. If they're allowing you to go out and test it for a round or two, you definitely need to do that. I mean, it's like driving a car. You're not just going to drive it off the lot and give them all your money. You got to you got to test it out a little bit. Yeah, we know you're going to put that hammer down. You got one of the heaviest foots of anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> but I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get technical. We're going to turn it up a notch. And today we're going to tackle grain. Now, this is something that you hear them talk about a lot on TV. You might hear some people uh, talking about it on the golf course, brushing their hand on the grass. And what the heck are they doing, Doug? Grain is the way the grass grows and lays down, right? Grass grows in blades, especially when you're playing more in the southern climate, more so south of Tennessee when you're kind of on the east coast. The interesting piece is you could have or be faced with a putt that is against the grain, which is against the way the grass is actually growing, or you could have a putt down grain. Now, Cheyenne, how can you determine if you're into or down grain? It's very simple, actually. It's just the color of the grass. As you're looking at the green, you'll see different shades of turf. You'll see whether it be darker or lighter. It might look shiny as you're looking at the grass. Another great way to see where the grain is growing is if you look at the cup. You look close at the cup and you'll see there is some grass growing over the cup and there's one part of the the cup that's actually a little beat up. It almost looks beat up and that's because the grain is growing away. Jagged, very jagged, yeah. So you'll see a lot of pros or some good amateurs going up to the cup and looking and that's exactly what they're looking at because you can see specifically where the grain is going that will play a part in where your ball rolls. We all understand down grain, right? This putt is going to be quicker or against the grain. This putt is going to be slower. What about side grain? How do we manage putting when the grain is coming at us from different angles. That's actually a tricky one, I think, for everybody. You know, if you are putting side grain, you almost have to think of it as side wind. You're going to be putting maybe a little bit into, and it's going to take it either right to left, left to right, a little bit more break than you might see with the slope. So you have to just think the ball is going to roll with the grain. It's going to take it a little bit more than what you see. And that's why you definitely have to be aware and be able to recognize where the grass is growing. Also, when you're putting with grain, Beware of your speed, right, Cheyenne? I'm sure you've had to uh, adjust your speed where if, if the ball's curving with the grain, you might not want to hit it as hard as that ball might be traveling faster once it nears the hole. That's it for this week's episode of Birdies Not BS. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Have you reviewed the show yet? If not, click the five stars and let us know why you enjoy listening to Birdies Not BS.